welcome to the Formula E Zone show. We're here in Berlin after the Saturday race. Joining me is a very good friend who hasn't been on a show for such a long time. It is Tobias Plume from E4MLD. How have you been, buddy? Good to see you. I've been really, really good, actually. I mean, it's been really such a long time since the two of us have been on the podcast. Yes. Um, and now in front of a camera, it's all different here. Yep. Um, but it's really, really good to see you. And thank you for having me. It's no. A, it's, a, it's an honor, really. Yeah, we got, we got a loud truck cleaner in the background. So if you hear a bit of background noise, that's what that is. But let's start with this man here, Lucas Degrassi, third place in qualifying. I mean, you know, I had a sneaky feeling, right? Even not knowing what would happen with Tech Cheetah, that Degrassi could have had a chance for a win today. And by God, did he attack that race? The strategy with attack mode was perfect. Talk me through Degrassi's race. How impressed were you? I was impressed, but not unexpectedly. I mean, Audi have been around for such a long time in Formula E, and by now they sort of coming near operational perfection. That's always been the creator of the likes of Mercedes, for example. But Audi have, have a good team as well. And their strategy has been on point today. And as you touched upon, attack mode was key today to win the race. Something odd, someone might say. Only one activation lasting for eight minutes. And that has a huge effect on tire degradation, tire temperatures initially and then tire degradation. And Audi managed that perfectly while others fought it under increasing temperatures. Yeah, and René Rath was obviously, he was huge. He benefited early on going from 12th to second, fell back to ninth, but that just showed how powerful it was because he went early and then because he went early, other people had it and he was able to lose those positions, but still net gain three places. But that just showed how powerful attack mode was if you got it right. Absolutely. And especially here in Berlin, I mean, it's a track where it's relatively easy to overtake. There's a couple of opportunities down to turn one, maybe turn five, turn six. I'm talking about the current layouts of the Saturday layout, yeah. uh, different numbers tomorrow, but so many overtaken opportunities. And if you have attack mode, I mean, it's a huge advantage. And someone was going to do something unexpected. Yeah. Um, and Rust was one of those who took attack mode relatively early. And that promoted him up into second position. And then, of course, he dropped like a stone once everyone else activated their attack mode. But hey-ho. Yeah, let's move on to Tech Cheetah because that's one team I wasn't expecting. Obviously, a front row lockout. The qualifying pace was there. We thought this is, this is Tech Cheetah of old. Right, <laughs> dominating the front two. Antonio Felix da Costa getting up from group one into Super Bowl, qualifying second. And it just was nowhere in the race. They just ran out of pace, ran out of tires, interestingly. Yeah, and it's been a bit a theme all season, pretty much. Tachita have always been great in qualifying. That said, I was surprised by Antonio Felix da Costa making it into Super Bowl from group one. And I think few people down this paddock were expecting him to qualify for Super Bowl from Group 1, but Tachita have always been really, really good in qualifying. But when it comes to the race, their race pace was limited by tyre degradation as well. Uh, so it wasn't really... I mean, it's hot. I mean, it's 30 degrees here. I'm from Germany. It's sort of okay for me, but for you, it must be sweltering. I'm, I'm coping. I'm coping. I'm coping. <laughs> with a shirt on, long sleeves and everything. But, um, it was hotter yesterday. It was, it was hotter yeah. yesterday. I think I even got a bit sunburned on my on my head. But hey-ho. But hey-ho. Um, so, Tachita have always been good on, on their qualifying pace, but the race pace hasn't been great since they introduced their new powertrain. And we saw the same theme today again. 
great in poly, but so-so in the race. Yeah, so let's hand over to Antonio Felix Acosta to tell us more about his race. Yeah, just uh, struggled a little bit with race pace, you know. Our part train is very efficient and that's that's not the issue at all, but um, we did we did struggle a little bit with, with setup, to be honest. Just the car balance was very hard to manage and, and then that compromises a lot of other things, tire management, even energy itself, but coming from, from balance, so... Yeah, we knew the balance was gonna be was gonna be tricky, but uh, I, I guess we got caught out, and uh, yeah, very very hard to very hard to to manage it, and we just both cars just ended up going rearwards. So obviously the balance, I assume, from qualifying, because obviously one and two must have been good. So why is the balance from qualifying so different to from qualifying to the race? It's a very yeah. Uh, well. You cannot, if you oversteer for one lap, it's fine, but if you oversteer for 40, you're obviously going to kill your rear tire. So basically, that's what we have. Okay, so we've hopped it into the shade now, getting our way of that sweltering sun. But there's one person I want to talk about, and it's Jake Dennis behind us, because wow, what a season he has had. Like, if we go back to the start of the season, he had that sort of Formula E rookie thing where it was slowly, he was behind Gunther a little bit, but he's come on so much. And even in today's race, you know. He was getting his elbows out and fighting and putting on and that stuff we didn't really see from Jake Dennis at the beginning of the season. And yeah, just how impressed have you been with him and how he's, how he's progressed from the start of the season to where he is now? You know, usually the thing with rookies in Formula E is they take some time to get used to the championship and then at some point something clicks. And usually that happens after about one season. For Jake, it happened after half a season. And ever since his victory in Valencia, he's been on top form. Um, he's been superb in, in London and today as well. Um, qualifying just outside the Super Bowl positions uh, in, in group qualifying. He also started from Group 1 and I think qualified seventh. So a couple of hundreds of uh, behind the Super Bowl drivers. And then in the race showed good pace. I think he finished fifth, didn't he? Yes. Um, yeah, really impressive race and really mature race at that as well, which is always something he's impressed me with, his maturity in the BMW. Yeah, I just think he's come on so much. And you can see that now he's a proper championship contender and being fastest in practice one, fastest in practice two, going into tomorrow, he's got to think, be on top form thinking, this is my championship to win maybe. He is a championship contender. We have to say it as it is. He's a rookie and a championship contender which is something that hasn't really happened since season one, to be honest. Um, there have been a couple of really good rookies, don't get me wrong. Felix Rosenquist comes to mind, for example. But ever since then, I mean, René Rast was really good last year, but he joined too late at Audi here in Berlin 2020. And René has been great as well. And he yeah. still is one of the championship contenders as well. There's so many of them. Yes. <laughs> um, but Jake is one of the more impressive ones this season, certainly. Yeah, definitely. Right, let's go and hear what Jake Dennis had to say about his race today. It's been a good day overall. We can't, can't deny that. Uh, we've, we've had the pace from, from lap one, obviously, uh, from FP1. So it's good that we've managed to exploit the, uh, the good setup in the car. And obviously I'm driving pretty well. So we've just managed to have a clean day. Not perfect, obviously. We caught traffic and qualifying, which compromised Super Pole, but uh, I think tomorrow we just need to try and have again another good day, hit the ground running and then uh, work our way through there. And obviously the reverse layout is something obviously completely different for you. How have you prepared for that? Do you think the car will be as competitive as it was on this layout as it would be on the reverse layout? I hope so. It's uh, 
yeah, that's all I can say. Obviously, I've done all the simulator work to, to prepare myself as well as possible. It's worked out well today, um, but it's going to change things tomorrow. You know, the reverse is, is, is definitely different. It shouldn't change itself all that much. I just need to make sure I learn the circuit as quickly as possible. And then attack mode, obviously today, attack mode was a huge role. Obviously there was only one, which is the first time ever in Formula E we've only had one. And it made a real impact on the race. If you have one again tomorrow, and obviously we had the safety car that came out early, is predicting when the best time to use attack mode going to be the key to win the race tomorrow? Because as it was today. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, you know, the attack mode is one of the biggest opportunities the driver gets to, to, to move forward. And especially here, it makes such a big difference and it's quite easy to overtake if you have it. So, um, compared to a car which doesn't have it. So yeah, that's the engineer's job. I just drive and, and just do what they say, but uh, to a certain extent. But um, yeah, we just need to see how the race plans out. You know, it makes a big difference if you start at the front or if you start at the back, so yeah. So we pop-tailed it to Jaguar. They had a sort of a mixed race today. We'll talk about Sam Bird first, obviously. It's just, I don't know what it is with Sam Bird. Every time a championship comes knocking, something happens which kind of knocks him out of this title contention race. He's now, I think, 17 points behind. He yeah. stops not far from us on the start, finish straight. Um, he didn't tell me um, exactly what the problem is. He said they were investigating it, but I don't know if you've done any legwork and seen if you found out what it could potentially be. I mean, they haven't told me either, but I listened to his team radio in the moment he retired. And the display apparently said it was an RESS arrest or... Pretty much the battery, yeah. the rechargeable energy storage S, whatever the second yeah. S stands for. And that usually has something to do with the insulation of the power lines in the back of his car. Um, so the motor cut out, it's usually just a security measure. There isn't any danger usually, but there might be. So you have those two red lights, oh, LED lights. One is red, one is green. And if the light is green, you can touch the car. His light was red, so the car ground to a halt. And there had, there was no way he could uh, change anything about it. He tried two recycles of the car uh, by literally control or deleting it, and uh, it didn't work. So he retired the car, and he was the only one actually retiring from from today's race, sadly. Yeah. And the arrest issue is normal because you see that in a lot over the past couple of seasons. When a car does come to a halt, normally the driver does shout RS and that's what it is. And it normally is just a, a battery. It is normally related to the battery maybe overheating, but he did take a knock. We have to remember that. And I think it was lap one. He got a hit to the back. So whether or not that had anything to do with it. And um, also we're, we're pretty late in the season as well. So McLaren, of course, they are the battery suppliers together with Achiever. And they have been working on the batteries all season. But we're coming to the 15th race of the championship. So they've been taking quite a couple of hits by now. And maybe it's an issue that's, I wouldn't necessarily say where of the battery is the main reason for it, but it could be one of many. One of many. And Mitch Evans then, obviously third, uh, fifth podium position in a third place. So Mr. Consistent in terms of third, he's not too happy to have that title to his name though from the press conference. But again, a solid race. And I suppose consistency is the most important thing. We go into every season of Formula E saying, you need to be consistent if you want to win this championship. And Mitch Evans has been consistent. And that's why he's got a real shot tomorrow of winning this. He does, yeah. I mean, he won't be happy with that title of being Mr. Third Position. Um, I think only Nick Heitfeld and Andre Lostra have more third position uh, results than him. Um, 
But I mean, it's points. It's valuable points. 15 points each time. And now he's legitimately one of the contenders for the championship. Um, recently extended his contract. I don't know if there's a better present to give back to your team uh, than winning the championship. Exactly. Right, let's go and hear from both Mitch Evans and Sam Bird. How do you go about now making sure that you maximize your group one lap tomorrow? Uh, it's all about that, really. Um, I think at our current pace, it's going to be tough. We need to find a bit of speed, to be honest. Like Antonio and DS have got some serious pace, so they, they were able to make it work. Um, Drake almost made it work. So it's possible. It's definitely possible. And, and even last year, Antonio made it work. I couldn't. So we got, I, I'll need, I need a little bit of some, uh, some miracles tomorrow to make it work. And uh, we'll be working like hell tonight to make sure we try and find that extra two tenths, tenth and a half. So and that's what we need. How different do you think? Because obviously we're not on the same track, so you've got two practice sessions tomorrow. How do you think the reverse layout suits the Jaguar? Does it suit it better potentially, or same, or, or worse potentially? Pretty, pretty similar, to be honest, just because the corners are still the same. Um, the, 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 the layout, uh, sorry, the surface is the same, so the car's gonna have to need the same sort of sort of balance to be quick. So. Um, yeah, I don't think there's going to be much difference between the two layouts. Just who can get it more comfortable with a particular layout as quick as possible. So, um, yeah, let's see if we can uh, yeah, be strong tomorrow. Unclear as to what the failure is right now, so don't want to speculate. Um, but um, had a big sort of hit from the back and everything shut down. So, bit, big shame because it was looking like we were going to score some points today. Um, how many, I don't know, but the pace was very strong at that stage and and really saving some good energy so yeah bit of a bit of a disappointment um but look we're in a great place in the teams mitch in a great place in the drivers and we go point hunting tomorrow do you think your championship hopes i think you're 17 points back now do you think it's pretty much over or do you think anything can still happen for marie anything can happen but look, it certainly makes it more difficult i'd have to go and win the race and get pole as well probably in order to do something but um yeah, you, you never know in this championship. You do, you never, never know. I'll never give up. You guys know that. So I'll, I'll pick myself up tonight. Tomorrow's a new day. Have a good sleep and um, come back, hopefully, and just fight. It's all we can do. Okay, so we're finally back in the shade. I'm happy about that. <laughs> so I have to, we have to talk Venturi. What a race, because we were talking about Venturi before and, and especially the struggles Norman Nato's had with his energy and good results going away. But today was a pure example of what can be achieved by both drivers. Obviously, Mortara getting the podium, Nato just missing out, but still a valiant effort for four. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I've, we've not really seen that sort of pace or luck from Ventura. I don't know what it is, but especially compared to their powertrain customer, Mercedes, Mercedes has been nowhere today. And Venturi has gotten all the glory, and rightly so. Um, Norman Nato, especially I'm, I'm happy for Nato as, yeah. as well, uh, because there have been a couple of instances this season where he was in third position and ran out of energy a lap before the checkered flag. I don't know what that was down to, whether it's a team error, whether it's a driver error. I have, literally have no idea. Uh, we'll have to go and ask him about it. But finally, that was the moment I was talking about. Something clicked yeah. today for Nato. And he drove a, a, a mature race as well and finished fourth. Yeah. Decent points, his best finish of the season. Uh, 
might be coming a, a bit too late though. It might be coming a bit too late if rumours are to believe that maybe a certain Lucas Degrassi could be joining this team. And after today's performance, I'm pretty sure Degrassi will be quite happy to be joining them, <laughs> considering that they were behind him. But there's still plenty of things to go. And if Nato is to keep that seat at Venturi, a performance like that, and if he can back it up tomorrow, he's like, look, I'm getting the hang of this now. Give me another shot. I think I deserve it. Yeah. But that would be an incredibly difficult decision for, for Susie Wolf to make. She had the line of argument last year when deciding to drop Felipe Massa that one car was always scoring the points and the other one wasn't. And the same theme can be seen this season. Adam Otara has been huge this year. He's second in the championship, ended up second in this race as well. Yeah. Uh, almost won the thing. And um, Nato. A really decent points haul. 12 points is, is more than he scored in any other race this season, as I said. But yeah, it's it's still, he's still the second driver, yeah. obviously. And he has to back it up tomorrow because, one, you can't just have one good performance, right? You have to back <laughs> that up. And if he can back that up tomorrow, then surely for Nato, then he's got some sort of look. I have shown glimpses, at least, you know, Massa showed glimpses. We can't take that Monaco podium away from him. But it wasn't as consistent as Eduardo Mortara. At least Nato has been there, but there's been problems, whether his or his own, that have stopped him from getting those big results before. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And we've got Norman Nato ready for you now. So let's hear what he had to say. Yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a strong race for us. Uh, managed to keep my position at the start and at the beginning of the race, we were all like trying to under-consume because, you know, this is a, a track where the energy management is not easy. and. It can have an impact at the end of the race. So at the beginning of the race, we're all trying to, to stay uh, in the slipstream and try to under-consume. That's what I did. Worked pretty well. Uh, then we went for the attack mode. And yeah, we managed to do some position. And we went P1 and P2 at this time with both cars. And after that, yeah, we didn't really manage well, I would say, in terms of, of strategy. And uh, we didn't. We, ju we were just looking at the front, but not. Uh, we're not looking uh, at uh, what was uh, happening at the back. And basically, we didn't protect ourselves from uh, from uh, Mitch, and uh, yeah, so we pay that because at the end, like he was under attack mode, I was not, and you know, on this track to defend, it's nearly impossible. So yeah, uh, I have the feeling that yeah, we we should have been on the podium. Well, we clearly had the pace to be on the podium, or maybe even better, and and we didn't, so it's uh, frustrating. Did you think? Because obviously, at turn one, Mitch was just about to run out of energy, uh, attack mode. Sorry. And you defended him and you, you kept that position going into that. So did you think, because he, he had run out of attack mode down into turn six, so did you think it was job done at that stage? You, you, you kept him behind or were you expecting him to dive down at you at turn seven? No, I, I knew it's going to be difficult. Like already for two or three corners, I was defending uh, at some point. Uh, I know Mitch is a smart guy, so he's not a guy who dive bomb. Uh, but when you are in the car and you have the attack mode and the other guy doesn't have, you have to go for it, so I knew he's gonna try it, and uh, that's what he did. I've been defending for a lap already, which I was quite surprised because I was like, Yeah, on this track, it's pretty easy when you have the attack mode to, to pass. But at some point, as I say, I cannot uh, risk and put everything on the table and say, Well, I will defend, I don't want him to pass, I prefer to crash. So, no, this is not my mentality, and I've just, I just did my best, but it was just not enough. So, it's a mistake in uh, the strategy today, which causes the podium. Okay, the last team we've got to talk about is Mercedes. And I feel like today was a day that they were set to take advantage, right? Maybe not so much of Nick DeFries because he was in Group 1, but with Stoffel Van Dorn being in Group 3, everybody thought, all oh, right, this is where Van Dorn comes in and puts in a challenge for Super Bowl. 
but it didn't happen. And that is the worrying thing for Mercedes, remembering that this team hasn't signed up to Gen 3 yet. And if they're not getting the performances or if they're struggling a little bit, does that throw added doubt into Gen 3 whether they sign up? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's not a decision anyone in the team will be making. I think they would all love to continue in Formula E. So that's not their decision to make. But you're right. Everyone was expecting more from Stoffer van Dorn. FETV asked me actually last week, who is your pick for champion? And I said, Stoffer van Dorn's going to take it. After today, I think I'll have to change that because I don't think Stoffer has too much of a chance today, uh, after today, to win the title tomorrow. He finished 12th today. Um, which is still better than his teammate, Nick De Vries. He had a technical issue early in the race. I think, was it a puncture? Yeah, De Vries had a puncture. Yeah, a puncture. Uh, came in early, finished 22nd, lap down. It's a day to forget for, for Mercedes. And it sort of felt like the low spell they had towards the middle of the season. They had a really strong start and then dipped down into the lows of, of the performance. Um, yeah, it's just one of those, isn't it? Like... You expect so much from Mercedes, especially the strong start to the season, as you said, that they had, and they have dipped. And then, but when it when it's going wrong, it's going wrong. It's like Stoffel <laughs> can't catch yeah. a break. You think London, London was a huge chance for Van Dorn, and he gets taken out by Roland. A mistake in qualifying must have been down. I did ask Stoffel, but he was just like, we didn't cook it together. But to be the slowest in Group Three, to be behind Nick De Vries, who was in Group One, you can only put it down to just a sloppy lap, really and truly. And especially for Nick De Vries, you have to be sorry because he scored no points, as I said, 22nd. But all the others didn't score too many points either. So he's still leading the championship. Which is amazing. And he scored nothing today and will have to do it all over again from Group 1 tomorrow. I mean, he would have been hoping for his rivals to score decent points yeah. so that he at least gets to start from qualifying Group 2 tomorrow. But no, he's still leading the thing. Um, he still, of course, theoretically, he'd be the best placed driver to win the championship. Um, but it's difficult from Group 1. That said, though, he has shown how to qualify for Superport from Group 1 just a couple of weeks ago in London. And it was shown today, pretty <laughs> much, with Antonio Felix da Costa and Jake Dennis. Jake Dennis, even though he didn't get in the Superport, just outside, I think it was seventh in the end. And, you know, that shows, well, if you can get the lap right, then you're going to, you've got a chance. And that's so important for these group ones, drivers in group one, qualifying is so important tomorrow. You can win or you can lose your championship hopes yeah. in qualifying tomorrow. It's, I wouldn't say it's more important than the race because you score the big <laughs> points in the race. But I don't think, I think tomorrow is going to be the most important qualifying session of the year. You can lose a championship tomorrow in qualifying. You might not win it, but yeah. you can lose the championship tomorrow in qualifying. So the pressure is really high. It's high stakes tomorrow. Um, I'm just so much looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to seeing it too. Let's hear from Stoffel van Dorn and Nick de Vries. Well, it's quite simple. We just messed up in, in quali with our tire preparation. Um, you know, I think we, uh, we didn't get the tires working in the right window and, and especially on a track like like this with you know this special surface uh it, it's just very costly in, in lap time so uh, you know we both uh, found ourselves at the back and and made our life a lot uh, a lot more more difficult today during the race afterwards the race i think was you know was was very good we had very good pace um but when you're starting that far back it's you know you can only 
you can only recover that a certain amount and uh, yeah we gained 10 positions the pace was uh, was pretty good but there was no uh, you know it was pretty much the maximum from where we started yeah how was your race because obviously we didn't see a lot of it on tv um attack mode was really powerful today did you find that in your race as well did that help you gain most of your positions yeah, I mean, it was it was different today, obviously, because we only had one attack mode, eight minutes long. So uh, it's a bit different in terms of managing the tires as well for, for that long. Um, and a lot of people seem to probably struggle with their rear tires. And uh, I think uh, we stayed quite, you know, quite calm, didn't really try and push too much in the beginning and then made, you know, made some progress towards the, the second half of the race, let's say. Uh, I think we were actually one of the quicker, quickest cars on track, which was uh, promising and... and and good we just need to sort out our qualifying position and then we'll be in the mix we need to uh, manage it well from from our point of view we will yeah analyze what we did wrong today and ultimately we just need to do a better job in, in executing and, and putting ourselves in a position to have a good shot and yeah hopefully we will uh, we'll manage that better tomorrow and then uh, yeah being able to fight for it tomorrow well tobias that's pretty much it that's all we've got we have to talk about tomorrow. Oh, yeah, we have to, yeah. It's the season for now. I can't believe it comes down to this. I can't believe there's so many drivers that can win it. Every position overtakes, someone overtaken from eighth to seventh. That could be what causes someone else to be a champion or causes that person to be a champion. It's going to be an absolutely crazy race. We're going to be dialing in the numbers, doing all our maths tomorrow. What do you expect tomorrow? It's got to be carnage, right? Yeah, <laughs> possibly, yeah. Um, as I touched upon earlier, it's really high stakes for everyone still in the hunt for the championship. And I spoke to drivers who've dropped out of the hunt for the championship today, and they are so disappointed. Oli Rowland, for example, he was devastated that he's not in contention for the championship anymore. He, he's expecting tomorrow to be a sad day. Yeah. Uh, because, of course, he's leaving Nissan by the end of the year. That makes it even sadder for him, but yeah. he was, he was, yeah, devastated. <laughs> he doesn't have a chance to win the championship anymore. For all others, um, yeah, especially, it's so difficult to pick any, any favorite in this because there are so many variables that we don't yeah. know about yet. So much can happen. I have no idea who to pick for, for the championship title. Do you have any, any favorites? Well, if I was to pick someone now, I'm going to ask you as well, right? So get, think of someone, okay, yeah. right? I'd have to go for Jake Dennis, right? And I know that's a rookie championship, but you cannot deny what he did today. FP1 fastest, FP2 fastest. I know it's on a slightly different track tomorrow, okay? We're doing it in the reverse layout. But that pace that BMW showed, his race pace, his race craft, I think if there's a man to beat tomorrow, it's Jake Dennis. I think it's going to be Nick de Vries. I think the championship leader will somehow find something in practice that makes him go fast in qualifying. And then I do trust the Mercedes powertrain. We've seen that today with the Venturis. They used the same hardware. And I think Nick de Vries has a good chance of, of winning this. I think Stoffer van Dorn is a bit too far back by now. It might be one of the Venturis, which would be a shock, wow, to be honest. would be a shock. Uh, 
Well, Mortara. Imagine Edo Mortara being the champion. I mean, I, I would no love to see would love that. It, love it. He's but such a nice guy. He would deserve it so much. He's given so much love to Formula E, so he would deserve the championship, just like any other of the guys here. Um, but I'll have to pick someone, and I'm picking Nick de Vries. I was going to say, even with Eduardo Mortara, no one at the beginning of the season would have said Aventuri would be winning the Drivers' Championship. Absolutely so, not, no. So we just have to wait and see Tobias, right? So thank you so much as well for being on. Oh, thank really, you for having me. really enjoyed it. Um, and we'll see you tomorrow then to find out who will be world champion on Sunday evening. Goodbye.